One other option I've considered for reconciling um, different approaches to execution, so for instance, the discrete data world of points being conveyed individually along edges, which I've now <laughs> created two different metaphors for. One of them is uh, you know, kids on water slides, and the other one is ants on an ant colony or cars moving through a city. We're going to get more metaphors. Oh, don't worry. Um, and the other model being um, fibers, or as I previously and may sometimes refer to them as lasers. Another approach to reconciling them would be to tie it in with the idea for abstraction being that you are allowed to create a little pocket dimension as long as the bridge between that pocket dimension and the outer space around it uh, is continuous or in that it has continuity and so you can follow data into it and out of it seamlessly to tie those things together, to tie this want for other kinds of execution in with abstraction, it might look like when you create one of those little pocket dimension abstractions, which is, you know, my fancy, I say pocket dimension, it's a fancy way of saying a subroutine um, or, a, or a, you know, an encapsulated function, like a closure or something like that, um, or an object in, uh, in traditional OO, because it's probably possible to, uh, or, I mean, it's absolutely going to have state in it because you can, you, you know, pull data off to the side and just let it sit there. To tie that to this choice of execution model would be pretty straightforward. It's since a, since a, one of those little abstractions that you create, a little pocket dimension or sub patcher or what have you, it would be a first class entity, would have to be. Um, you could choose for it to have a different philosophy for execution than the context around it, so long as I afford some way to seamlessly um, switch from one notion of execution to the other. And as long as I provide visualization and tooling that makes that switch feel nice. So it could be that um, in the outermost world where you first begin sketching out your HEST system, you um, pick one philosophy of execution that you like, and perhaps you choose the fiber style approach where data instantly moves from one point to the other. And for the sake of visualization and interaction, the edge holds whichever value it last had. And so it is kind of like last right wins, but because the, the model would be built around that being always true, it would be nicely supported it wouldn't be kind of a an accident of design and then maybe you build some things and you want to create a, a a little complicated bit of behavior and isolate that from the overall system so that you don't have to think about it you, you know make an abstraction as it were uh, and within that abstraction maybe you choose that you want the data to be discretized and to travel as points because that allows you to conceptualize the the work in there in a different way and that the you know the abstraction that you create has a boundary around it that bridges those two things together so you could conceive of it as being executed where uh when hest does its execution and there is a fiber style philosophy at the outer layer and a discrete points on edges style 
philosophy at an inner layer, the way the boundary would work is that every time Hest goes to evaluate the system and update it for the programmer, when it runs its internal system, its internal execution model, it's going to be doing something that sort of approximates sampling at some sort of a rate. And so to produce the new, the new sample of the, of the system to show to the programmer, uh, it would just run, if you, if you are looking at the outer layer, it would run that inner layer instantaneously. And if you are looking at the inner layer, the outer layer might be frozen. And that would work when you have fibers because the, the example that I, I motivated fibers with earlier was if you have some input to your program coming from some sort of continuous data source like a joystick or mouse position or a knob or something like that or, or a socket or something where data is going to come in continuously regardless of whether or not your system is executing at full speed or in slow motion or stopped or in reverse um if if executions in in reverse things are different obviously but if execution is is forward at some speed there's going to be a mismatch in the rate of that data coming in from the outside world versus the rate that your code is executing and it might be that when you ultimately finish your program your program's going to run as fast as it possibly can and it's going to consume that incoming data as fast as it possibly can and behave sensibly but when you're in slow motion you want some way to reconcile that that temporal difference and so fibers allow you to have that by basically by basically doing last right wins and so when you have this nesting where you have an outer world that is based on fibers and an inner world that is based on discrete points, the outer world would be frozen in time when you are looking at the inner world. And it being frozen in time is fine because as soon as it becomes unfrozen, so as soon as you move out of the discrete pocket dimension and resume looking at the, at the outside world – it will just pick up whatever the last value was from its its continually varying input. And there'll be some discontinuity there, but that's sort of to be expected. So that that's messy. Um, it's complex. It's solving problems in a way that to me feels kind of like sweeping them under the rug. Um, or it's solving problems by... You know, it's like you don't like doing the dishes, so you invent a robot butler to do the dishes for you, and then, and then the robot butler starts demanding, you know, rights and uh, and weekends and uh, you know equity and whatever whatever based on whatever political philosophy you have, whatever you wouldn't want your robot butler to do. Um. It's sort of solving problems by introducing things that create their own problems. So, so I don't know. This is something that I'm still, I'm still chewing on this a lot. I'm still trying to imagine what it would feel like to play with these different approaches uh, together or separately or, or come up with new alternatives uh, or new variations on them. And as I said very early on in this show, I don't have the time to actually do a lot of implementation work on Hest. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to actually make 
functional prototypes. And this might be the kind of thing where building some functional prototypes would let me really truly feel it out. And then I could tell if one of these approaches was a dead end or, or at least close off the space a little bit so that I could focus my efforts on things that would be productive. Um, but I don't have that luxury. So it's, it's, uh, it's something where I'm just going to keep thinking about it. And, and thanks to this podcast being what it is, I'm going to be recapping a lot of the different ideas that I've had. There's a, a lot more to go through. And so maybe as I go through that, I will come up with some circumstances that, that lead me to some interesting realizations about how to proceed with this particular conundrum. But I think it's, it's neat to acknowledge the fact that this is something, this is, this is a specific aspect of the design process where I have uncertainty about how to proceed I have some ideas. I'm aware of the limitations of those ideas. I'm also okay with the limitations of those ideas. Like the worst thing that could happen is I pick one or both of these approaches and I just go ahead with it. And it's not perfect, but I live with that. 